Hey y'all, it's Tiffany Wingo, and we're on day 13 in the place of dance, and our topic today is rehearsing. It starts with a beautiful quote from Barry Lopez, you have to have hunger and discipline, and I can't teach you either. Hunger for beauty and the discipline to create it. So thank you, Jesus, for a hunger and thirst for your word and just to be able to use our passion that you trade beauty for ashes. And we just thank you for that. And we just open this time to you. Sometimes the most stunning dancing happens in rehearsals. Without the pressure or distractions of a performance, the dancing finds its own pace and edge. A robust studio practice pumping energy into movement, investigation is a must. Seeking thoughtful and passionate effect, rehearsals balance that nonchalant humor with a search for something original. The rehearsing process becomes the ground from which the creative imagination takes flight. Keeping a direct relationship between physical practice and choreographic inspiration makes things move. The rehearsal process is a storied landscape. Everything that happens becomes part of the work. Memory and imagination are housed in the body. Knowing and not knowing, process and outcome, inhabiting the past and establishing new ground, safety and discomfort, being liked and not liked are all part of rehearsing. The way you treat people and yourself in the rehearsal becomes part of the fabric of the work. Develop relationships and complexity. Notice the power difference, the unspoken climate. Consider how to be a person in the world and how to be community in the room. Find those skills to foster and maintain engagement, focus, and a mutual respect. Notice the language you use when you're speaking to dancers or when talking about the work. Quit apologizing if that's your habit. Role play. Practice voicing your ideas and building a mutual ground. If you care about people, that's part of all of this in your work. Intention is a collective vision within group work. One challenge in choreography is to draw original phrase material from dancers while creating their vision. Decide what you intend. Choreographed by, or created in, collaborated with, and let it be the truth of your process. Support the uniqueness of each person, but keep the voice of the dance primary. Y'all, this is where I really start to study my dancers. I find their strengths and their weaknesses, and I start to bring my choreography and start to implement that with their talent. That's what keeps making each piece an original. Ultimately, the work is larger than any one individual. Something wants to move through you as an ensemble, and the rehearsals are the format and the forum for this to happen. Daily life is your palette as an art marker. There's a dialogue between the conscious intent and that unconscious unfolding. Authentic openings occur in rehearsal. Sometimes fresh movement, vocabulary, clear intention. There's textures that can emerge in these spaces. Being awake to these moments is a skill. You might also notice how light falls on the studio floor or the way someone touches another person's arm. Walking down the street, you catch a glimpse of a poster or a book cover and the color of a dress, the shape of someone's pant leg, or a discarded CD in the trash can. Your job is to stay open, undistracted, and available for any insight. Getting energy moving in you in the beginning of a rehearsal allows you to begin shaping the material. Improvising is a good way to start. 
Exploring together helps build an ensemble mind. There's depth to work based in experience. Investment in the material helps each dancer author the body without a phrase, making inner and outer connections. Often the best quality work happens when everyone is in the room and available, focused and feeling supported and invoking their edge. Productivity requires both taking action and surrendering, giving out and taking in. If you are too busy carrying out a pre-planned agenda, you can miss receiving the magic. But if you stay too long in the process, nothing gets shaped. What's happening on an external level in rehearsal is also happening inside each dancer's body. The performer is creating relationship with the material. There's no quote-unquote waiting to connect. When you practice in technique class, those tendus and arm port bras carries over in rehearsing. Movements need to be personalized and fully inhabited by each dancer, available to be shaped by the dance makers. The performer who rehearses half-heartedly and then steals the show on stage undercuts the whole. Kinesthetic muscle memory is the dancer's primary tool for remembering movement, documenting what emerges in rehearsal. Repetition of this material means deepening muscularity without getting rote. Video and other dialogue media are essential components for capturing spontaneity and the documenting process, an extension of memory. Emotional investment and spatial markers, those help to enhance memory. The more memory cues you engage, the more dimensional are the brain maps. Let's talk about verbal tags. They are particularly helpful. Adding language, a word tag for a movement phrase, like coffee, for an energetic sequence brings a language center to the brain. A tag doesn't have to make sense. It's a link to the whole state of experience. Language tags are efficient tools for retrieving whole body memory. Each dancer develops his or her own way of remembering. Ultimately, choreographers value the dancers who recall their full parts and the emotional wholeness of the movement, not just the steps. Wording and the vocal tone in a general affect the quality of what emerges in rehearsal. Evocative language gets you further than directives. Images draw you in, create connections and associate within the performer, and look for inharmonics. It's more than one term for the same idea. Balance moving and speaking. Beware of over-describing or talking or writing too much. Leave room in yourself for the dancing to unfold. There's always a gap between what you say and what you're doing. Enjoy this space. The play between articulating and imagination. But don't get trapped by your words. If you find yourself over-verbalizing in rehearsal, push the pause button and just move. Auditory time markers are landmarks for investigation. They can be useful in ensemble work. Counting can flatten movement through intention to the downbeat. There are other ways to achieve the same end with more juice. Consider subdivision and tempo as well as a meter. Sing through the phrasing, emphasize dynamics, talk as you're dancing, describe the journey, use a different language for counting, for humor, and less linear interpretation. Find a vocal signal other than words like a drum cue in East African music to indicate a group change. If nothing repeats, you don't need counts. At any point, return to physical demonstration. Embody it. Y'all, one time I was in rehearsal, and as I'm, I'm doing the work the choreographer asked of me, 
she stopped counting, pulled out her Bible, and began reading scripture and asked me to continue the steps. And as she read the scripture over the music, all of this new choreography came out in our rehearsal and ended up becoming part of the dance. It was inviting that Holy Spirit, God's presence in the room, and being more creative than just to counting. Try something different. Try reading scripture or the book that inspired you or the lyrics out loud over the music. Get creative and find that space. That's what the rehearsal is for. Okay, back to our reading. Timing is a state of mind, and you need both timeliness, getting things done, and timelessness, an open field for investigation. These are physical states to cultivate and move between. A dance unfolds through time. You generally know at the outset how long you have to complete a project, and you can play with time, but you also need to engage timelines. This skill is applicable to all fields to envision, work on, and complete projects that involve others within a time frame. Whether you have two days or two years to make a dance, there's a trajectory to what needs to occur. Get a realistic overview and create your own guidelines. Know when to say yes or no in a project. Reading your material involves forming an object, view for insight, and decisions. You need to get a certain amount of choreographic material made before you can read what you are creating. Because you are simultaneously creating and reflecting on creating, you may need some help. And some choreographers bring in a specialist in dramatic composition and theatrical representation to help with this overview. Although there's no pre-known linear progression in the creative work, it can be helpful to have a visual model for all the aspects that need to be covered. When something appears in your rehearsal process with energy, like the beginning or an ending of the dance, that takes precedence. When your rehearsals are flowing well, they tell you what you need to work on next. Editing is essential. Demonstrating a willingness to change while staying true to your intentions takes confidence. And choreographer Jim Coleman suggests trim and shorten. When editing, sometimes you find that an entire section has to go. They were essential in your process, but not for the final work. Rearranging parts can enhance forcefulness. Move the image hidden in the back of the stage to the front, and clarity can occur. Momentum and build are affected by the unusual juxtapositions, but don't just fuss around. Changing things randomly can confuse your dancers and yourself. Trust the movement has vibration, inherent meaning, and dimensions. Rather than add more, leave space to inhabit what's there. Rehearsal directing and performance coaching are particular skills. Notice what the performer is forgetting and go further inside the material. Encourage the internal through line for each performer. Sometimes ensemble dancers need to rehearse alone as soloists, taking responsibility for their specific parts of each movement and the movement in that space. Shaping the intent of focus, gesture, and quality of touch enhances clarity and eliminates ambiguity. Performance context shapes the rehearsal process. Where will the work have its life? Is it a small stage in a big theater or the outdoors? Will there be one performance or many? Are you working with young performers or seasonal artists? Will you be dancing for a supportive, receptive audience or a serious critic? Some dances are perfect for an audience of 20, but get lost in a larger theatrical context. Some need an opera house with thousands of viewers. So be realistic about the scale and scope of your work. 
One is not better than the other, but the rehearsal process and product are impacted by the place of presentation. The body is vulnerable in creative time. Opening to depth as art makers and starting to stay in touch with the creative current are challenging. As directors, you make choices about how much trauma or drama you generate or tolerate in yourself and others. During the rehearsal period, it may be a good idea not to put yourself in a stressful or mundane setting that pile on distractions. Throughout, you make choices about what's useful, cycling back to your initial values. What do you care about and how is this reflecting in your work? Just like writing paragraphs for this chapter, rehearsing has its own momentum and satisfaction. There's always one more idea to investigate, another experience to explore. Notice the shift from creating and developing movement material and ensemble to shaping a completed work. Some material stays and some goes. There's a point in each dance when the work finds its inner integrity. Your job is to move away from rehearsing and see it through the transition to a performance. In today's reading, there's also some side notes about inviting rehearsing and exploring and revealing, and I highly recommend going back to read them as they were very interesting and fun to read. But let's go ahead and switch over to the exercises, the to-do, to-dance, and to-write. To-do, a ball of energy, and this could take about 10 minutes. To begin rehearsals, get energy moving. Overcome that starting place and just begin to explore. Imagine you have a ball of energy inside your pelvis. Visualize its size and color. Set this ball in motion and allow it to affect your movement. Follow the energy ball anywhere it travels inside your pelvis, around the circles, holes, and arches of your pelvic bone, or moving you through space. Move the energy ball up and through your rib cage, bouncing off the inner ribs. Let it move around your heart and lungs. Explore moving it inside your shoulders and out your elbows, your wrist, and hands. Activate inside your fingers and feeling the ball moving but don't get stuck in your hands. Bring it back through your arms and up around your neck and inside your head. Bounce from head to tail and back again. Let it spiral down inside each leg, foot, moving you around the space. Now pause and notice all you've shaken up by motivating your movement through the inner energy ball. Now toss the ball out of your body and bring it back in. Explore inner and outer and the transitions between. Collect some of the movement memories and choreograph a short phrase from this material. Find cues and landmarks to help you remember what you just did, where it carried you in space, what body part was working, and the images or states it evoked. And just have fun with this one. For me personally, when I think about moving my energy, it starts in my low Holy Spirit gut, like I always talk about. And I think about the music and the lyrics and if it was just beginning to flow and grow and brighten and the different notes and the different part of the energy and music just start to flow between my stomach and my lungs, my heartbeat, my chest, my shoulders, the elbows, the fingertips, and I just completely let it take over. And sometimes that's where all my choreography comes from. Now let's move on to the to dance. Body part duets. This says it could take up to two hours. 
Rehearsing together and constructing material can be tedious until all the parts come together. Remembering and composing material requires both investing fully and letting go. So working in pairs, each dancer writes a list of 20 body parts, hand, foot, ear, little toe, big toe, and so on. On the sheet of paper, make three columns. Column one is dancer's A list of body parts. Column two is dancer's B list of the 20 body parts. And column three is a combined list of 20 body parts, new order or parts. Make a duet touching the body parts listed in column one and column two and use column three as the transition surface between movements. Continue making a duet with the first seven combined parts and transitions. Keep going back to the beginning to dance the whole. Take time to learn these seven. Slow down and sense your breath and relationship with your partner. Continue to make a full list of 20. This can be tedious. Take time to orchestrate and investigate the connections and transitions. And if you're comfortable, you can show them to others. Show them how you work close together. Keep eye contact and give that viewer some ways to know you're working together. Now discuss what you found. Did you find it tedious? Was there a moment when you moved beyond that point? The practice of making things every day lets you learn how to move from improvising to building. Maybe in a group, seeing so much by watching each other gives you a new ideas and approach. And sometimes just doing a task reveals new possibilities. The work is less precious. With two bodies working together, there's always personality present. Keep honing in on what you want. Look at different pathways to solve problems. The dancing changes. Sometimes it's etched one moment, blurs the next. It keeps moving beyond itself again and again. Now there's a second to dance today, and it's called declarations. It should take 15 to 30 minutes. Supporting a group mind in rehearsing requires clarity of intention and communication of movement initiation. Standing in a circle with a small group of dancers, dancer A moves into the center and begins to move. Group members, stay alert and responsive. Keep your bodies in motion. Don't just stand and wait while you focus on dancer A. Be aware of your surroundings, others in the class, and on dancer A. At any point, Dancer A declares through movement a clear intent to travel in space, charging through the group in a way that the dancers can follow and support a group action. When the group arrives at the new location, reform the circle. Without pre-planning, another dancer, that will be Dancer B, declares through movement and voicing, saying, me, loud enough to be heard. A clear intent through space, the group follows and supports. Continue until each group member has initiated a declaration. Repeat the sequence, expanding your range. There's movement leading both into and away from the floor. When you're done, discuss the experience with the group. Now your last exercise is to write, reviewing and rehearsing. This could take up to 20 minutes. Discuss your rehearsal process. What are your skills as a rehearsal director? and what do you think you could work on? Identify your gift and your edge of fear. Video yourself rehearsing with a group and reflect on the process. Notice words, your body tone, and timing. Invite an outside collaborator to watch you direct and to give you feedback. 
Ooh, talk about being vulnerable, huh? But that's such a good place to be, isn't it? So my hope for you today is when you think about rehearsing, think about being spontaneous, seeing what's in front of you, and focus your intention in that moment. As a choreographer or a director, it's all about surrendering and letting go. Sharing clear communication and truth and honesty, and then just letting the rest flow. When I'm setting a piece personally, I never know where it's going to lead or what God has in store for myself or those dancing for me. And I pray you find purpose in your practice. Have a beautiful day.